Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of the How We See Things podcast. I am Statesman X here with my lovely co-host, Dan Stark. Hello. Um, happy Sunday. Yes. <laughs> happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, everyone. Um, I want to thank all like our listeners, all, I think, 10 or 12 of you. Um, I, I, I was looking through the analytics of our of our podcast a while ago and I'm, I'm happy to say that like you know we're, we're growing like it's it's small <laughs> hidden, i think i feel like they're hidden they're hidden um listeners like maybe who don't get captured in the um spotify version or um hey. well, I, I anchor kind of covers but but the, but, but the few of you but the few of you you know who are who are dedicated listeners we want to say thank you we appreciate you yes. and you know we're 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 gonna um, entertain you with a fairly nerdy conversation um, um, today uh, we're gonna be talking or starting off at least like you know with with inflation now everyone who is paying attention to the news has either read or heard something about the fact that like you know there is inflation. Um, prices are rising, you know, in general, and it's affecting everybody in different ways. But it's definitely a part of the conversation um, from everything from hip hop or rappers talking about like how they can't afford gas everywhere. It's it's on the news. You're talking points for your favorite or least favorite politicians. So it's kind of affecting, um, you know, everyone in every way of their life. Um, Dan and I are going to like, you know, to go into the weeds of, of inflation, talk about maybe how it's affecting us in the US versus in the UK, all the drivers and everything. But just like, you know, broadly, Dan, how, how have you been thinking about um, um, inflation generally? Yeah, inflation. I mean, it's one of those things that I think affects everyone, um, whether you're rich or poor or somewhere in between, whether you're from the global north or the global south or whatever continent you're from. So I think inflation across the board has has definitely been a big topic this year and it's something that everyone feels in terms of filling up your car with petrol or gas or gasoline depending on whatever country um terminology you use uh to buying your groceries so no. for first yeah, off first off you guys else. first off you guys should be very proud of yourselves that's our listeners because we just assume that you people knew the meaning of so let's so let's so maybe let's let's circle back um and and kind of give like a definition the the general most basic layman primary school definition of inflation oh. is that there is a you know a general increase in prices essentially a sustained increase in prices over a period of time yeah um, you know that coincides with the decline or not that coincides because it definitely coincides with the decline in purchasing power so that means your all, any, I think all stagnation time, actually all stagnation in spending. yeah i, I think the, the, the key the key factor is a decline in purchasing power essentially so at any point in time whatever whatever country you're in whatever currency you're using if a single unit of that currency is able to buy less and less um goods you're effectively in an inflationary period um now you know all over the world we're in an inflationary period and depending on who you ask um they will give you um different reasons but like i just want to walk people through kind of like the current inflation that we're dealing through kind of you know how i've assessed the situation and and where i think it's coming from so basically as everyone knows 2020 was a year of like lockdown um, yeah. governments governments all over the world forced people to stay at home um, businesses have to close so there was a contraction um in the economy now what that meant is that you know for the most part unless you're like me you were saving your money um a lot of people like you know saved spent less um a, a lot of companies you know had um stocks of goods that that like you know because demand went down they had to blow out their prices and everything it caused like yeah. a general economic contraction and then post 2021 post 2020 sorry once people came out of lockdown there was like an extraordinary increase in demand um for goods because people were like they let were let wild essentially people were shopping people were traveling yeah were they were making up, making up for lost time and making up for lost time and you know and get items that you know things and experiences that they couldn't get before um, every everything yeah. that you wanted to do during lockdown that you couldn't do people yeah. were going crazy and people were going wild and doing so what that meant was that there was an increase in demand now usually as as people might might one of the most basic concepts of of economics is is demand supply and price uh -huh. um so so that's kind of what happened in 2021 there was an increase in demand um that demand kind of ate up all the excess supply that was available yeah. and led to and led to an an increase in price so it, it was kind of like a demand driven inflation at some point now, on top of that, yes. on top of that, we now had a war. 
Um, oh, it's, I mean, it's an ongoing. An ongoing. What, what, an what ongoing, is it? The Russians call it special military operation. Um, special special operation. Um, also, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy, crazy war. That's what. And it is. and and while it's like a it's like a humanitarian crisis, like on yeah. its face. So like recently, um, you know. Russia, a Russian missile apparently hit like a major like civilian center, like a shopping it's just mall. Terrible. Or something. It's terrible. That, yeah, no, it's terrible. You know, this is this is going on in 2022, um, where you have two so-called kind of Western quote unquote first world quote unquote countries. Um, the idea that you know the <laughs> essentially ego egotistical aims and kind of uh, Fear tactics really have, you know, led and descended to to such a conflict is is yeah is absolutely amazing um, to, to see, um, but I think another factor is specifically the countries involved. Just to your to your point, because yes. any other country in Eastern Europe might not have had such a bad impact, but Ukraine is the breadbasket of the world. Actually, a lot well, of people. Well, it's yeah, it's not just Ukraine; it's uh -huh. both of them now, right? Yeah. Um. So... Well, Ukraine specifically because of wheat. Um. Ukraine yeah, is, food is, is is um. When I say the breadbasket, I really do mean it in terms of anything that is made from wheat. Um. So those of you that love your bread, those of you that love baking and people that need things to survive, you know, bread is one of the easiest things to bake. It's very popular in the Mediterranean, in sub-Saharan Africa, around the world, yes. everywhere. Everyone needs bread, right? And also Ukraine was a conduit for a lot of gas. And obviously Russia produces more of the Yeah, no, let's, let's, yeah. Let, I, I, wanted, I wanted us to kind of like take those two things separately. So, uh -huh. um, you know, on, on one hand, you have the rising food prices, basically, because as you're, as you're, as you're rightly um, stating, Ukraine is a major supplier of like wheat and grain and like, you know, like bread making, cake making ingredients to the world. Like lots of countries get their, um, you know, wheat supplies from Ukraine. And yes. it's, it's, it was actually like uh, part of like Russia's intent to put pressure on on the world by you know um causing like a food um like a scarcity on, on these things so russia's goal publicly stated goal is to squeeze ukraine thus squeezing like the entire world so if there's a famine in other countries they couldn't care less um the end result or the end goal is that like you know the more pressure there is on food prices the more pressure there is on the leaders of those countries to reduce their sanctions on yeah. russia so, so like you know, the 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 prices or like the effects on prices of you know Ukraine being unable to export um, some of its like food supplies is that one supply is constrained. So definitely, by virtue of supply being constrained, prices are going up in, uh -huh. in that region. There's yeah. also like a speculative aspect to it, you know. So people expect that prices will go up, so they are preemptively raising prices essentially. People yeah, I mean, you're the, you're the details guy on the economics and the tools and all these futures are not good. You might explain yeah. what futures are, but definitely, I think there's been a there's a big factor in that the war in Ukraine has disrupted activity, investment, and trade um, between countries. Because what you find is, from a contractual point of view, now speaking my language, um, you, you find issues with things over payment terms. So a big part of the war has been um, Russia requesting payment in its currency because it's mm. taking a defensive position against the rest of the world financially as well as obviously in the war um so obviously some of these contracts were not written for payment in rubles for 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 example so you'll see that that has disrupted some of the trade yep. obviously things like germany taking a decision on the pipeline from russia um because russia was providing a lot of western europe with the their natural gas and oil so yeah it's those things like that people have to remember that you know for a contract for the production of oil or transport or even of oil or gas there will be many um requirements on both sides so even a war yeah. a war in and of itself might not be what we call a force majeure so that is a quote-unquote an act of an unforeseen act of god that makes mm -hmm. the contracts um no longer performable let me just put it yeah. that way um so you obviously a war is <laughs> a war is no a war, a war is, that, is, that is sports major. but yeah. then you know there'll be things that will be invoked on the other side in terms of what russia has already provided up until that date there might be schedules where they say okay even though the war started on this date russia is still contractually required to provide you with this and you have to pay them so these are all the effects from the 
on the conflict. On yeah, the there are a bunch of like you know um, um, domino effects, and and that currency one that you're speaking of is is significant. So one of the ways that like the world tried to put pressure on on Russia was by sanctioning yeah. um, the Russian central bank, which meant that like most businesses couldn't um, couldn't or you shouldn't do business with Russia or you'd be sanctioned if you do business with Russia. Um, so the Russian central bank essentially had to artificially prop up um um the ruble that that's their currency yeah and you know um force force businesses essentially in um russia to trade all their foreign currency um um for rubles yeah. effectively you know artificially raising up the price um of rubles but like but like the, the most significant impact of the war in 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 ukraine is on energy prices as you, as you were saying rightly with oil um so basically Energy prices is, is one of the key, most important contributors to inflation because it affects everything. everything. It affects everything. I was, watching it, a, I was watching a video of a lady um, who's a farmer in Kansas, right? And she was saying um, two bales of hay used to cost, cost her 6 to $8, and now it was like 16 to $18. And she said that might seem like a small thing, right? Um, because she has to make more trips in her van so the gasoline price of gasoline, as you guys call it, has gone yeah. up. That's going to affect the price of the transportation of the the hay, right? So the hay yeah. comes from some other midwestern um, state. Comes is not is not developed in Kansas. Comes to Kansas, and then she has to feed her horses. Uh, sorry, her her cows and her goats and other um, she has other kind of animals, and she yeah. says the cost that you might see as a minuscule kind of thing of, oh, she has to go twice rather than once. She has to apply that to the, the, the cost no, no, of hay. It's, it's, it's a yeah, huge deal. To pay more for hay, pay more for the gas, pay more to feed the cows. Therefore, the cows yeah. cost more for her to feed. She's yeah. going to sell the cows at a greater cost to the butchers or whatever. Corporations who are making ultimately the prices get passed down to exactly. gets, gets passed down to the user consumer. Exactly. Um, and yeah. and what, what everybody what, what people are, people who are listening, what you have to understand essentially is that like only about fifteen to twenty percent of what you spend on food uh-huh. is actually is actually the cost of that food. Yeah. The bulk of the cost goes into labor, and that includes like delivery of the food, processing, yeah. um, you know, storage, retail, and all that stuff. And these are all things that are impacted by energy prices. So energy prices by virtue of your electricity bill. Electricity bill is impacted by the price of oil and gas because electricity is produced by natural gas. You know, um, the price of fuel as well impacts transportation. So like you know, if if prices if oil prices and if energy prices are going up, that's going to affect every single thing that you do. Every and single just, thing that just you spend on facet. everything that you buy. Yeah, just another facet to that. Globally, from a global outlook, um, if Russia is not able to sell as much energy or due to sanctions, countries rather more accurately aren't able to buy, then obviously they have to look at other OPEC, they have to look at OPEC um, providers, looking more to the Middle East, obviously, Saudi, ETC. Um, but then you have to consider that, okay, in doing that, there's a period. So if you remember, if you think that, like I said, there's contracts, probably running a number of years, mm. they don't have to pivot. Governments, companies, multinationals, they all have to pivot and look and start establishing very quickly in the last three or so months of this conflict, new relationships to purchase oil and gas. That, that's a massive disruption, right? In the global, think of the global um, shipping routes, right? Yeah. The cost of fueling and getting those ships who, which carry all the raw materials we use for manufacturing. It's a really wide scale impact. That yeah, no, and, and it's going and, and to touch... It's gonna to touch everyone, yeah. you know, different in different ways, differently. And you know, many governments are have tried and are trying in many different ways to um to manage it. So one such basic way of managing inflation in the economy is through interest rate prices. Uh-huh. Um, and and what that does when when people hear okay, the Fed has increased interest rates, the impact of that basically is that the, the cost of borrowing money either goes up or goes down. Yeah. So when so when the government is trying to squeeze reduce inflation, they increase the cost, they increase interest rates. So yeah. they increase the cost of borrowing money. Um, when they're trying to reduce inflation, they're trying to say encourage more spending, then they reduce the rates, you know, interest rates, encouraging more businesses to take out loans and to spend more things. Um, now, um, since 2009, the last like financial crisis, basically, we've essentially been in the longest expansionary period like economic expansionary period in the history of the world. What what, what that means what that means is that like the the top 
wealthy people in the, in the world, like the wealthiest people in the world, have seen the most dramatic increase in their wealth ever. Like it's in this period that we've seen like Bitcoin prices grow astronomically. Yeah, cryptocurrency, is it, yeah. cryptocurrency is in this period that we've seen the value of of companies essentially like triple because, and double. <laughs> I mean, Meta, Meta, for example, look, other companies are available. Um, Meta's value is more than a lot of uh, countries' <laughs> GDP, and if if you even look at it as well, there's a factor of um, the companies that say, okay, we're expanding, yes, but we're also taking over. You're seeing the rise of the monopoly, right? Yeah, you're seeing the rise of okay, Meta took over WhatsApp. Um, you're seeing Instagram, obviously, in the last kind of decade and a half, um, and. Also, another factor that we, we've spoken about previously, but we haven't raised on this episode, is the impact of China when they came out of their lockdown, their prolonged lockdown mm. on the international supply chain kind of... Because <laughs> China is a country of nearly 2 billion, probably, at this rate. Yeah. And there was a massive percentage of that country that was kind of artificially not active in terms of trade and con consumption, primarily consumption. Now... China coming out of a huge kind of nationalized lockdown definitely had an impact in terms of um, the availability of certain things, things like um, very popular items that they, you know, that they consume um, in terms of electronics as well. Yeah. Um, and in terms of energy, right? Yeah, like because... that's, that's, that's part of like the broader trend I was mm -hmm. speaking of at, at first where like in 2020, you know, there was lots of supply, lower demand. And then post 2021, demand shot up extraordinarily, but supply didn't keep up with that demand, which led to essentially like an, an increase in prices. In prices. Now we've been talking about like you know a, a growth in wealth for like you know large companies and and super wealthy companies. And the reason why they've been able to do this is because interest rates have been low, essentially, and yeah. a lot of these companies have invested in in what 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 people call stock buybacks, basically, which is when a company goes out into the market to purchase already sold shares from the existing shareholders. Mm -hmm. um, this this has the effect of increasing the price of said shares um, because there's, there's fewer shares available to the public and it's artificially increasing the price. That has made a lot of people very wealthy. Um, and then the problem that these companies are now investing this money in... See, this is my, this is my big big or, big problem right because welcome, welcome to capitalism now it's not I, I, listen i have nothing wrong with it. listen i love a liberal market i love a liberal market but for me equity is so essential when you're doing these things because in 2021 we had more billionaires yeah in the uk than we yeah. had like in the last 10 years which to me yeah. is just and the wealth gap just keeps increasing and increasing yeah. post-covid the wealthy, the gap has grown between the wealthy, the haves and the haves not. And yeah. we had the governor of the Bank of England come out about um, five or six months ago because we had um, a national um, an NI increase. NI is national kind of contribution, uh, which comes out alongside your tax. So it's not tax, but it goes towards um, local council, kind of like local government um, expenses. Mm. So things like your... Um, your roads, your police, yeah, your, 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 bus, your bus driver, your like post that. office. Right. Yeah. So not not on a local level, but nationally, but it was kind of still dispersed. So it's like a national, it goes towards the national entities, but will still be dispersed because locally, obviously, government mm. is still local. Um, alongside things like council tax. But NI went up by essentially, was it 11% in real money yeah. terms, which was a 1.25% increase. Now, to justify that, he kind of said, look, inflation is going up. Um, the, the, the Chancellor of the UK, who is essentially um, the Minister of Finance, so the second most important senior role in government here, is a man called Rishi Sunak MP. Now, you may have heard of him um, because he's has some tax issues. His wife has had some tax issues um, where she has a non-DOM resident status. Um, so she's a citizen of India. Um, but obviously lives in the UK for tax purposes that benefits her. We'll leave that conversation there. And mm. she's the daughter of a billionaire or, yeah. And he's also very wealthy. I say that to say this. They, the government Bank of England in defending this policy to hike up the national um, insurance, it's called national insurance um, payments and to increase income tax for the population, 
right, said that workers shouldn't seek a pay rise because that would because that would cause. And keep it in mind, we have energy companies in the UK declaring ungodly amounts of profits. Um, the CEO of BP came out and said, even if we had to donate X amount, we wouldn't. We're making too much money, essentially. Yeah, no, but but, but technically, technically, it's true that if there was an a broad increase, because like you know, and, and I was just thinking about it, like we're 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 coming up to the limits of pure economic theory, mm-hmm. like you we're, we're we're facing we're, we're testing we're living through all these things, the things that we learned in in school, basic yeah, economics, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Basic economics tells us that according to economic theory, the more profits a company makes the more that those profits would be plowed back into the business. So that's, if you, like, it's one plus really, one equals no, two, no, no. economic is, theory yeah, I mean, says that is, if a company makes work. profits, it gets plowed back into the business. But in reality... It doesn't work. You know that, that it, doesn't it doesn't work, work like that. It doesn't that. work because also people don't have equal opportunity. It's ridiculous. We cannot... You can't operate economic theory in a vacuum. The idea that you say to people who have not had a pay rise for years, for five plus years, you're saying to the, the heroes in the NHS who you were clapping for on Thursdays like Sills, you refuse to give them money so they can feed their kids, so they can properly heat their homes. You know, there was a woman on TikTok, right? And she's a health worker. And after this latest increase, she has a daughter. She couldn't afford to pay her, daughter, her daughter's nursery fees. That means she can't be full-time. She can't work mm. full-time. So it's ridiculous. And for yeah. the government of the Bank of England to come out and say, oh, please don't ask for pay increases because that will make, you know, essentially, that will rise, cause a rise in inflation further. No, that's ridiculous. Spend yeah, more I money mean, so you can reduce the impact. You can, you know, the, 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 you can reduce the impact on people. Like the idea that you allow these pr- private enterprises to keep, keep, you know, making money for dividends and you're just swelling up and up and up. So there's, so there's, there's essentially two sides. There's essentially two sides to the to the to the issue. On on one on one side, you can either give people more money, uh-huh. you can either give people more money to spend, or you could reduce the cost of things and keep the amount of money that people have the same. Um, and and that's that's the challenge for central banks and for governments all over the world. But a government, a government who has embarked, and this is the thing with capitalism, right? When you embark on capitalism and privatization and extreme privatization in the case of the UK and in the US, obviously we know that's a cultural thing in the US. Capitalism is your culture, the American dream, hoo ha. Mm. Um, when you do that, how do you control those private entities? It's very difficult once you cede control, right? Yeah. As a government. You, you, you basically are left to market forces. And that's what we're seeing now. Governments around the world, in varying degrees, are trying to put in fiscal policies, such as price control, subsidies, export bans, blah, 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 blah. This will only make things worse further down the line. You're just kicking the can further down the line. I think governments need to reprioritize their spending. They need to target low-income areas. You need to buttress and give people the money to be able to spend because you can't control prices. Yeah. You as a government, yeah. you have sold off. You sold off your national railways. Yeah. You sold off your national broad um, internet support. You sold off everything. How are you going to no, control no, those see, I'm prices? not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not quite there with you. Of course, um, you're not. <laughs> That's why I'm, we're I'm here. Not, no, no. See, I'm not. I'm not quite there with you. Um, one, I, I, I don't think government necessarily has too much business managing all those things that you just listed up that they sold. So I think it was the right decision to privatize. I strongly disagree. I I am of the opinion that the government needs to play a role in regulating. So so the way energy prices essentially are regulated in the US, there's a cap on on how much you can charge somebody for electricity. Oh, I'm glad glad you said that. No, no, chill, chill. So so electricity is one example we we can stay on. So effectively, the utilities in, in the US are privatized. Um, but the prices that they set are capped and limited by um, government. So that's the type of like, dynamic that I think works the most, works the best. When there's a private enterprise, you know, providing these services, but government steps in to make sure that there's no expectation, because the government has to create the government has to create an atmosphere that encourages innovation. And now the pursuit of profits, that profit motive is essential, and you cannot remove that profit motive for the public question. Okay, you're, you're, okay. You're, you're preaching, you're preaching to a liberal yeah. market. You're, you're, yeah. you're not telling me anything that I haven't um, come to understand and agree with. I, like I said, I'm a free market thinker. I totally understand the idea of 
regulation rather than direct control, efficiency mm -hmm. in the hands of private enterprise. Now, you walked into my trap talking mm -hmm. about electricity mm -hmm. and gas. These methods that you're talking about are things that we have exactly dealt with in the UK. And to your point about you don't think government should deal with national infrastructure, I disagree. Things like the railways, things like water should not be left to private enterprise because they're profit making opportunities. Opportunists, even sorry, because, because no, I don't the, think the, the, I don't think the profit motive is necessarily no 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 thing. the issue no, no it becomes a problem in times of inflation because these companies aren't taking it upon themselves to give money back to their clients or to give money back to the populace who elects the government so the government needs to be very careful number one so number two in terms of electricity we did have a cap we have something called Ofgem. The office of you know, you know whatever electric or electricity and gas whatever monitoring i don't know what the actual name is of gem mm. did you know that the uk government has lifted the cap so now our electricity and gas costs double and triple from april yeah was the end of the yeah. year right to now did you are you aware of that so yeah, they've given they've allowed they've essentially left millions of the UK in energy poverty. There are people who used to pay £70 a month for their gas and electricity. They now pay £180, £200. Pensioners who are on a weekly pension of £149.50 need to spend all of their money, not on food, not on clothing, not on amenities, not on social care, but on gas and electricity. How is that fair and how does that help inflation? No, no. Again, now the, the, these are these are this 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 thing that we get into when you know we're talking about something that in principle mm -hmm. sounds nice. That's what I was but saying to practice, you. No, Your no, principle of regulation sounds nice until the government shags its people. Until no, the no, government in, says, "Oh, we throw it open," because the government's excuse was, "Okay, let me explain the UK position." It's very there is a there is a context to it. One of the largest, um, I'm not going to name the name of the company, went bust, like an electricity and gas provider. Mm. The government had to foot the bill, essentially. It was a, I, heard it was, I heard it was in the billions, a couple of billions. Yeah. Now, because they didn't vet that company properly, they shouldn't have allowed them into the market. Now, the customers and those, everybody in the UK is paying for that mistake, right? Because they're now saying, in the future, this cap, we got the cap wrong, essentially, Right? With this mm. cap that we have in place, we're having to lift it so that the gov so that the energy guys can charge you directly, exactly, directly. And now you're doing that when there's a war that okay, affects energy now. prices. Okay, now but let's but let's exactly. let's let's now speak in practical in practical terms. The government cannot afford to provide electricity for everybody. Of course not. Yeah, the, the government the government cannot afford to do that. Like, and we the pay for of it investments. Already? Yeah. The amount of investments required to set up power distribution and power generating infrastructure, it's a lot, essentially. It's, it's a huge lump sum of money. Now, pe people think that the government has, like, infinite amounts of money. But, but that's what that's we're coming to with inflation. Too much supply of money in circulation causes prices to yeah. go up. Do you understand? And, and, and vice versa, essentially. So, so like, one of my pet peeves, you know, in talking to, like, progressive people and, and people like us who, you know, have these, like, lofty ideals, is that when, when people shit on capitalism or just, like, why do we have to work and everything, the simple truth of the matter is that somebody is out somewhere oh. digging the ground, drilling for oil, essentially, and they're providing a service. They have to charge for that service. Now, the government can step in and say, hey, this service you're providing is so essential. Yeah. It's so essential that we cannot allow you to charge uh -huh. purely okay. based on the profit. All right, pause, pause there, right? Okay. You make this you, And everything you said, I agree with. I, I must state, I have no issues with the companies doing what is their right and what is their want and which is what they need to survive and which is the essence of their business is to make profit, is to provide service. It's, it's and, the essence of everybody's, everybody's business because no unless, you're, unless your father is Dangote, you you have you have gone to school to acquire a skill. Even even Dangote's even Dan and you are offering up you're offering up that skill in yeah. exchange for payments. No doubt. There's no, there's no free launch anyway. But there's a government that has a fiduciary duty. Okay. And this is the issue here. I tackled you specifically. You know, I notice I didn't say oh government should take electricity. I didn't mention electricity or gas. Yeah. I didn't mention those two. When I talk about infrastructure, I'm talking about railways. 
I'm talking yeah. about water. I'm talking about the post office. Things like that that used to be nationalized in the UK, right? I didn't mention electricity or gas because I, I do agree with you. There is more of a... There's, mar- there's greater market forces at play, right? Electricity and gas are very competitive environments. It would be ridiculous for a government to be able to manage that because of the fluctuations. A yeah. private company is much better. It's more agile. It's more able to deal with the fluctuations in those markets. We are agreed. And they should get recompensed for the work that they do. No doubt. Now, you touched on something, though. It's down to the government to regulate it in yeah. a way where the companies are getting their money, their right money granted. The issue is this lifting of the cap. It's made electricity and gas triple in price. And that's not necessarily the companies being greedy because they have to, like, do things like buy renewable energy, for example, yeah. and things like that, right? Because they might not own the infrastructure, for argument's sake. They, but they want so to buy some of the energy. There's, There's so a lot of components. Are going to, yeah. Understood. But the government should do better. And maybe this is where it goes into the politics of it, where why has the UK government unleashed that cap? Okay, no, so the, the, the politics of the politics of like you know the UK government and what why they did what they did, I'm not I can't speak to that, I'm not entirely sure what dynamics are, but what I can say for sure yeah. is that who is who, that who are their lobbies? Who, no, not, no, not just that. It would cost. Parties, it yeah. costs a lot of money for governments to subsidize services like electricity. It costs them a lot of True. money, True. and and there isn't an unlimited amount of, of money available to anybody, even governments who technically, who technically can print money. There, there isn't. There isn't an an unlimited amount of money available to everybody. So there, there has to be this balance. That like like I was saying before, there has to be this balance between giving people money a la pandemic payouts, you know, stimulus check versus reducing the prices of things that are happening in circulation. I mean, we, and, never, and... we never got a stimulus check in the UK. I mean, you know, I know I know that you did. I know my cousins in the US, you know. They, some, people would argue, some people would argue that, like, that stimulus check contributed to inflation because it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily means-tested. You understand? Or, or it wasn't as means tested as it could have been. Everybody got True. effectively a check. True, but I think those were extraordinary. You know, we're talking about extraordinary. We're, we're never going to see a time like that, I don't believe, ever. No, no but pe- people are debating the long-term effects of those stimulus checks because not everybody spends... The, 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 the thinking in theory was that mm. get money into the hands of people, people will spend their money, it's going to circulation. I, but not I everybody, say not everybody so. spent the money. Oh. Many, people, many people saved that money. Yeah. And in a time, if, if you're trying to stimulate spending and people save the money instead, that's a problem. I you think, know, that, no, that's I, I, I don't think that's the reason that we're in this situation. But I think, and I think you no, would admit that. Not the reason, it's one of the reasons. Yeah. Or some, some people believe, some people believe it's one of the reasons. Reason. You know why? The, the amount. I, do, I don't believe it was a strong enough reason. I strongly believe that at that time, was it $1,200? Am I right? Is yeah. That, yeah. I don't believe that that's the reason why let's talk about the u.s now the u.s is in the particular position position that inflation is 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 kind of biting i think this is more of a global trend and you haven't no, said no, no. it isn't i described no i i, I described the phenomenon where lockdown there was less exactly demand. that's what i'm trying to say now there was less demand and supply build up mm-hmm. post post lockdown post lockdown pe- people saved money from their People save money from the money that they were earning that they were no longer spending. Uh-huh. Earning, on not transport. stimulus. Not stimulus. There was already a lot of savings from yeah, people who were no longer spending money yeah. on transportation, spending money on you know the lunch you buy outside when you're, when yes, you're in the yes. office, when you're in the fire dive versus when you're at home. Mm-hmm. So there was already that savings. On top of that, on top of that savings from you know the nature of, of, of life in, in that period, there was now a stimulus added. So I'm not I'm not saying that definitely for sure, one thousand percent. The stimulus money is the reason for inflation. What I'm saying, it did lead to, it did contribute to the outsized increase in demand post-pandemic uh, lockdown. I, I'll give it. It's, I'll give it's it what like, I believe. Maybe a two percent. Like it's it's really small. Like maybe. When we're, when we're talking about <laughs> macro things, we're talking about macro things. Two two percent can mean oh, no, no, even of zero dollars. Yeah, you understand? Was, yeah, you're right. Maybe zero point zero two. The reason I'm I don't know that it was zero. <laughs> I strongly no, no, doubt no, that no, it was zero. It's point something. I, point I something. think I think I think it definitely had an impact. To be honest, we'd we'll need to delve. We'd we'll need to delve into demographics. We'd we'll need to delve into state by state. We'd we'll need to go into the trends. We're not going to do that here. But I, I take your point. I take your point. I think one thing I do want to point you to is the World Bank's view on this. Now, some people, 
in the economic fraternity, may not take the World Bank, may not, you know, there's varying levels of seriousness with which mm. they're taken. Um, but I think it's very important to note, they, they, there was a report that they released in um, June, just literally, so last month, and they were talking about the need for decisive global and national policy action to avert the worst consequences of the war in Ukraine, as they call it, for the global economy. Now, they say this will involve global efforts to limit the harm to those affected by the war, to cushion the blow from surging oil and food prices, to speed up debt relief, that's another one, and to expand vaccinations in low-income countries. Now, when we look at global commodities, mm. the collateral, what's the collateral that most of them give, right? Is, is gold, isn't it? When you're talking about like, for national borrowing, right? Don't most, yeah, yeah, yes, gold bonds, often, yeah, bonds, yeah. yeah, gold bonds. Or it's okay, so I think that's one aspect that goes a bit because who is benefiting from these bonds? You're the you're the you talked kind of no, 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 wait. So, so all, all the things that you were listing, the first mm-hmm. two things you listed off, I think you know, one, you know, mitigating the effect of oil prices and then mitigating the effect of food and like local like commodities. commodities. Mm-hmm. That's basically an appeal to altruism. It's basically asking governments to, okay, despite the fact that like you can't, you maybe cannot afford this this thing that we're asking to do, we need you to step in and to incur costs essentially because you like everybody in your country or because you want to make oh, people happy. It's not that you like everybody. It's no, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being unnecessarily. I'm being unnecessarily <laughs> like 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 harsh. You know, yeah, yeah. and, and so, so you, you come up against politics first of all. They come up against economics, second of mm-hmm. all, because where is the money going to come from? As in that literally, where, where is the windfall, money? Windfall, windfall, windfall tax, windfall tax, windfall tax. And, and I think this is where the conversation has to get to, right? Because yeah. at some point, you can't just say, oh, yeah, it's fair for these guys to keep pocketing their cash, free market, free market. Yeah, let these private guys keep all their cash. Shareholders are getting fatter. Yeah. Bonuses are getting wilder. Then the consumers are like getting hungrier, getting colder. Mm-hmm. Like those guys with the more at some point, either through policy or through discussions, I think that the mood is even changing now where people are looking at these profits and people are looking at people's pockets. And if we even look at like in Nigeria, for example, a lot of people are just like, we've had enough. Like things yeah, need no. to change. Like I guess it's I guess it's reach very soon. People like, well, people are just like things need to change. Like so whether or not we agree, we agree that okay, um, the profit obviously we I think companies should okay, no, their but, profit. Okay, no, but but, but, but here's where here's where, no, here's where here, here's where things get tricky now. Yeah, here's where things get tricky because you know the tried and the tried and tested method of improve, improving the livelihood of the average person is by making things business friendly. Yeah, that's essentially capitalism. So by, by, by creating a situation where Mr. A, Ms. B is able to take the skills of their hand offer it in the free market and make money for it. So that means, you know, opening up regulations or things that restrict businesses. That means reducing interest rates that, that enables people to spend. So in, in, an inflationary, in an inflationary era where that we are currently in, oh. you, cannot, you cannot now reduce interest rates and encourage people to have more money in the name of getting more money out there. The problem is not money being... No, the no, problem the problem is, is not printing money. The problem is taking and reallocating it's about the problem, is, the problem is prices. The problem is prices essentially. Um, and the problem is prices and the challenge kind of kind of okay, where, well, where things okay. get tricky. To regulate prices, though, you're going to have to in, increase your pressure as a government on the private companies. That's what you said you didn't want. But that's yeah, what you said but, you didn't think would work. But, but I don't think anybody really wants that. I, I don't think we want to live in a world. I don't think you want to live in a world where you, Mr. Something, you're, you're selling your, you worked hard, you tilled your farm, you're selling your corn, and then the government tells you this is how much you but can what, sell the corn. Where is reasonability? Where is, where is, where is an adequate sum? To when does a cost, when does a price become extortionate? No, that, okay. So in two, I'll give you two circumstances where I believe it's appropriate for the government to step in. One, in the event of a monopoly. So if, if by virtue of, if let's say your father left you 5,000 acres of land, and by virtue of you having all that land, you're able to make so much money, you're able to take out all the other corn-producing businesses in your country. Then the government should step in. That's one. Two, if it's an essential service, 
transportation, train, road, power, water. The government needs so to anything in. else. There's no, there's no safety any, net. Any anything else, anything <laughs> else should be no, be, no, because you, you need to think about it. Like you need to think about it from from nah. the individuals from the individual's perspective. Do you understand? I think you're being, idea, you, you're being idealistic. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying, I'm telling you the way things work everywhere in the world. As in, this, these are arguments that we've had, and we've come to this. We've come to. No, things don't work like this, though, because you have things like social security. You have things like um, uh, so, um, nursery uh, childcare vouchers. You have things like health, um, work health insurance. You have things like national pensions. So sh- surely, no, what no, you're no, explaining no, no. Yes, is not yes, is not living... exactly. It it's works. not it's not that straightforward and we live in we live in a mixed system I'm, I'm 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 basically like and you know like we, we kind of have similar um similar views so one you know one argument against the pull yourself by the boot pull yourself by the bootstrap narrative uh-huh. is that while you're putting yourself by up by the bootstraps the road that you took is road that everybody paid for with everybody contributed taxes to pay for exactly the school that the school that you went to we all contributed taxes for it exactly the policeman the policeman that makes you feel safe the fire department that puts out the fire when your house but we all contributed money i love for that i love school. this analogy because even the sons and the daughters and the um you know offspring or adopted children of billionaires who according to your explanation produce these amazing services and therefore deserve these massive i'm not against profit but to me, when you're accumulating to the detriment of society, the same society, by the way, that pays for your services, government has to come in as an arbiter. Now, how they do that is, I think, where we differ here, right? That's so we're not, not, we're not that's, disagreeing. That's where I, things I think, get complicated. Yeah, yeah I think that's where things side, get complicated. This, the, 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 some, the balance has just tipped a little bit more towards the government's needing to do more. Like, I'm not, I agree I'm not saying it should be long term either, it might just be, need to be targeted. And again, different countries will have different approaches, right, to this. And I think in a future episode, I think maybe we can do a bit more of like case study um, approaches, yeah. looking at like kind of what, what fiscal policy has country A taken vis-a-vis country B, country C, and what's the impact? Because no, no, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you that the balance is tipped towards the government needing to do more. Right now, the rich and the wealthy few are getting too wealthy. It's crazy. No, it's it's the level of inequality in the world right now is ridiculous. And I like only a money. Few, I like only a few pain. companies control <laughs> only only a few companies control an exorbitant amount of amount of wealth like in, in the world and US and all of that. And so you know the governments need to step in, need to tax the wealthier more. Um, but the truth of the matter is that Dan, wealthy people are going to find ways to get you to not take their money. Either they'll go and invest it in the Cayenne. Or in this <laughs> island, or in that special jurisdiction. Cayenne, okay. Sorry, Cayman, um, um, Cayman Islands. One of one, one of the major companies in the world, Microsoft, for example. Microsoft head office is in Ireland. Despite oh. the fact that I don't, I, I don't know what the office of Microsoft looks like in Ireland, but I know that's not their new headquarters. <laughs> I believe Ireland, Ireland, Ireland has very, um, is very friendly to um, multinationals. I think. Exactly. Exactly. So this this capitalist system that we work that we want essentially that that we all want truly because we want to be rewarded for our innovation. You understand? We need to strike the government needs to strike a balance between encouraging innovation and taxing people fairly. Um, for um for a progressive tax system, that means that like the money you make. When I was doing my tax returns last year, I was very sad. I got a new job that made me make more money, but that's that also meant that like you my pay taxes, more in went, taxes. Yeah, I paid more in taxes, you understand? And and I couldn't. So the more money I make, the more I'm going to pay in taxes. That's when 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 you get a particular income bracket, it's no longer it's no longer Bruh. it's no longer it's, no matter how progressive <laughs> no matter how progressive you are. That's why you yeah, find that like the more, the more I mean, somebody comes, the more conservative they here, become. Yeah? It's proportional to when you look at what you earn, and it, it hurts you because. There's a size of abortion. It doesn't hurt these very super wealthy people, and that's what where you, you say is the taxation on them fair. And that's why I don't even I don't even look at it as an income ban income tax banding issue. No, no, right? I'm not if even I, saying if, if, I want, if I want to push if I want to push you again, yeah. just mathematically, the uh-huh. bulk of taxes are paid by the richest few because that's where the bulk. Yeah, is. because you're making yeah. stupid money, billions and millions of profit. No, of course, your tax will so, be higher. So, so Jeff Bezos and the world, they already argue that, hey, we already fund no, because, most of... No, no, it's like, okay, remember we, we joked and I was saying, okay, if I won the lottery, I won 180, I'd give you 1 million, right? Whatever, whatever. 
just one, maybe 500k. You don't need it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if, if, if imagine now, if you won 18 million, then you 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 be like, oh, I'll give you maybe maybe I'll give you 30k, right? It's all about proportion. So a, a, a multi-billionaire complaining that he's paying. Two million in tax. What's two million in tax to someone who's worth two no, but, billion? No, but, no, but who who gets to decide? Who gets to decide what's a fair proportion? Well, very soon society is going to decide. So if 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 the government don't take, if the governments don't decide, people who no. pay their money, I feel like pockets of I, 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 I feel like we can spend a lot of time. I feel like we can spend a lot of time. You know, you said it yourself though. In the politics of this, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the point they're going to eat the rich eventually, but. But if you find when people when people are poor, most of the time they say, "Oh, the rich should pay more." But when you're not getting into the details of it, would you like to pay more? If if I if I was think, if I you an increase in salary and bro, say I've, you want I've to pay had, more, I've had increases in the last you know few years, and I've definitely I'm paying I'm paying more than <laughs> in my bank. No, I should. no, no but, but even you're, you're, then. I'm you're still... framing it as a you're framing it as a doing this for the greater good no, situation. No, 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 not at all. I'm framing it as a necessity. The people in the UK, you know, I gave you very, very, very kind of somber, and you know, we're both doing well. You know, we're, we're grateful. People, there are people really suffering, like, and there are people in low income situations through no fault of their own. Let's talk about the disabled. No, no, but Dan, let's talk about don't, you know don't. Keep, don't bullshit me here. If taxation was optional, mm. if tax was if tax was optional and everybody took choose whether they wanted to choose whether they to pay or not. So let's yeah, say you had, you had a choice. You, you have a choice, mm-hmm. knowing fully, knowing fully well that your tax is going to help poor Jen who is crippled. Uh-huh. Let's say Jen is in the worst situation ever. Jen is crippled, she has six kids, she lives in she lives in council housing, yeah, so many yeah, yeah. part of town. Your taxes done are going to feed, are going to feed Jen. But from today, they become optional. That means you can choose whether you want to pay this tax or not. I already give not. optionally to charity, though. And I do, okay. you know, I already do that. So, I, proportionally, probably, would I give the same percentage? Of course not. I'm not going to be so you, generous. I wouldn't that's what give, I'm saying now. <laughs> I wouldn't that, give, that I'm, that's I wouldn't I'm getting that. However, Who don't like money? However, yeah. now we can yeah. see that, guys, ladies and gents, we can see that Stacey One X is, is the greatest ideologue on here because he has concocted this <laughs> very <laughs> utopic idea that is no, no, never no. practical because, of course, we have government. Of course, we have taxation. It's necessary for government to fund what it needs to do for the society, infrastructure, yeah. um, policies, job creation, um, fixing things, doing international diplomacy, things the government has to do. It needs to fund that through taxation, granted. But it's a social contract, right? It's a, yeah. it's a fiscal contract in many ways. And you a know, social, a social contract. contract too, yeah. I'm paying XYZ so that my roads are good, there's lights yeah. on, my bins get collected on time. When I'm driving yeah. my car, I don't drive into a pothole. Depends where you are, the location in the, in the world. Um, or, you know, that my, my, my streets are safe. Police are doing their job, the army, whatever. So... I think that's a trade-off. Um, would like to hear from you, our listeners. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Do you think that the role of government needs to change in the 22nd, 22nd year of the 2000s? No, <laughs> um, basically, like, if, let me just articulate my, my, my position for, for the people who are listening. Um, the government has to strike a balance between stifling innovation by increasing taxes too much. Because you want to encourage people to be innovative. I don't think people you will want, stop being you innovative. Want to, you want to know... You want to encourage people to aspire for as much, aspire to create as much wealth as you possibly can. But at the same time, you want to tax in a proportionate way that doesn't create as much inequality in the world as, as there is. Why also keeping in mind the fact that the government cannot micromanage, cannot, the government cannot make everybody equal. You understand? The government cannot micromanage our life. The government cannot take poverty away. Poverty will always be a fact of life. But they have to find a way to level the playing field as 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 objectively oh. and as uh, with, with as limited inference interference um as possible this is a great opportunity to segue speaking of things that are increasing in the prices wow. you know obviously the price now of any afrobeat superstar get your stocks get your stocks in afrobeat baby listen i remember i remember afrobeat when... stock is off you go, you go to the shops. Those that don't know what shops is, okay, it's a party, you know. Uh, you go to a party, and when the Afrobeats quote unquote section came out, it was Yahuze by Olu Maintain. It was Gungwaso. 
Oh, um, wait, to, wait to date yourself. Oh. And, what, what, what are we talking about here? <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't care. And it was Mr. Endowed by um, by Don Jazzy. Those were the three, or oh, Yori Yori. Those, the, there was three or four songs on rotation, and that was it. <laughs> but now, you know, it's 2022. You've got boys coming out of your ears. Is it Joe Boy you want? Is it Fireboy you yeah. want? You know, they're they're all out there, and um, I think I I think one of one of the one of the major like significant tells for me recent happened recently during the BT Awards. Um, yeah, essentially there was a there was a aside from Thames even winning, you know, I think Fireboy oh, performed. Yeah, and many many people are noticing this like factor, like it's any Afrobeat is now essentially mainstream. I mean, um, Burner by Statesman X is a bit of a Burner Homer, I think you guys call it. I don't know what you call them in the US. I don't, I don't know what his name for Burner Boy fans are. Stans. He's a Burner Boy. Yeah, no. But, but, but like, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion that, like, Burner Boy has raised the bar exceptionally high. For, and just, just to the point, yeah, he had for Afrobeat. He was on one of the main stages at Glastonbury, which is, like, yeah. the premier private festival in Western Europe. I'll go as far as to say that. Um, you have people coming from all countries in the world. Um and it's a huge festival watched by millions. Um, it's broadcasted on the national broadcast in the UK. And Burner Boy was there, you know, performing his songs. And, um, you know, it was a great performance. And it just, I think it just goes to show about um, where Afrobeats is now. And you look at, and, you know, shout out to these two guys, because I feel like they're pitted against each other, but they've done so much. Their competition, but also their drive, their hard work, and their nows. Has really yeah. elevated the Afrobeat scene. Davido and Whiskey, right? They, when when the story is written, these two guys and their team, obviously their team, their supporters and the fans have really, really helped them. So um, it, it depends on it depends on where you're telling the story from. So if you're telling the story within Nigeria from Nigeria's perspective, then yeah. you would go you would go back. Oh, to you'd go back to Donia Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you talking go about back expansion. To, you know, you go back to like um, uh, Mr. Remedy, Abiwad, yeah, or you go back to Wedemsi Red... South. You would go back yeah, to like the evolution yeah. of, of the Nigerian South within Nigeria. Bella, if you're talking okay, about okay. if you're talking about globally, essentially, then you can look at like okay, the proliferation and the increase in uh -huh. Nigerian immigrants in America and in the US, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You know, and young Nigerians and in the UK. Sorry, young Nigerians going out to clubs, going out to bars, going yeah. out to parties, looking for their own sound essentially young nigerians Niger second generation nigerian immigrants being born in these places you understand being born looking for that sound putting their friends on locally to, to that sound so like you, you go to a burner boy concert and while you see a lot of nigerians there but you would also see tons of white people there tons of you know um black americans no, like, so like, from different... truly, truly truly global i think you know you make a great point you talked to um before the pod we're talking about promoters right and yeah one of the biggest things that i think has really i think the uk took to afrobeats of, of the major kind of western nations where nigerians have emigrated to to be expected the uk was kind of the leading force there i mean the us is coming up just because of sheer numbers like you know yeah. you guys will catch up i think but the uk you know i remember when i was at university you had um Promoters bringing people like David Doe to clubs, mm -hmm. bringing um, people like um, Whiskey, bringing people like Ice Prince, bringing people like Olamide, you know, those times. And that really grew the popularity, like you say, organically. People kind of showing their friends, listening to songs in that cosmopolitan kind of setting of a university as well. People from other ethnicities got to engage with that. So the promoters have a big role to play and things like day parties, um, things like events, special events, bringing them to do concerts, right? As well mm. was a big thing. I remember when um, I went to David Doe's concert in 2017, he did it at the Brixton, um, um, O2 Brixton, which is a much smaller venue than the one you all know. So the O2 Brixton is probably like 5K capacity, if that, maybe five, yeah. I, mean, I might even be overestimate. It might be 2,500. 2, David Doe has sold out a 20,000 O2 arena twice obviously whiskey did three days back to back um burner boy i sold it out as well you know so you have big artists coming through i think another thing as well is the the idea of the homegrown label um and i think alamide has to take big credit for me to be the master of the of the wait well, i mean there's been issues obviously with the um contracts the very some of the no, very no. i was i was about to i was about to explore i'm like, talking about talent you know, id 
purely. No, no, I was about to explore like a kind of tension I see developing, you know, in Afrobeat space, uh, uh-huh. which is basically which is basically that to me it's looking more and more like Afrobeat is becoming less and less accessible to the people in Nigeria themselves. Uh-huh. Um, so you might you might you might be getting to a point where it to be it to be hard for promoters in Nigeria to be able to afford whiskey or burner boy or davido i mean that's a big problem because because their prices essentially have gone exorbitantly exorbitantly high like the music that they're making is almost tailor-made for For international for an international audience because that's where that's where they're making their money yeah um so 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 i mean like i'm just pushing it back to you like what do you think what do you think is 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 the outlook or the future for afrobeats in the event that it does become less accessible for people locally in nigeria and do you think that's actually happening I think the government should take it over. National <laughs> Ministry of Music. <laughs> I'm a funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a funny hey, guy. Just to tie yeah. back to our previous conversation. But yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, really. Um, <laughs> should nationalize music. Um, but yeah. the thing is, um, I, I think that the artists themselves have to be drawn back. The fans need to speak. And I, I, I do see a lot of it on, on social this media. Guy, what, are you, what are you talking about? No, no. What, what I mean is that... Wait, wait. What Out of the goodness of the arts. No, Nigeria's don't like shame that's one thing you need to understand you can shame these artists like i'm just because let's be realistic what are you going to do to stop an artist from making internationally recognized stuff what can you do as a as a consumer in lagos what are you going to do there's nothing you can really in terms of spending power you don't have it because even a quote-unquote low-income person in the uk Mm. can spend more on that music (laughs) can give davido more or other artists are available can give them a particular amount towards like streaming for example because compared the the cost of streaming here is a lot cheaper right compared yeah. to in nigeria where you have to buy data so yeah. things like that you know like you do say i think it's unfortunate i 100 agree you see things like all these echo hotel shows those are basically all that the fans have now these kind of you know christmas or specific sure that is, that is 50, and you're for like tickets. stupid money for like a ticket and a table i heard that tables were going for like you know, one million <laughs> millions of naira like the normal nigeria cannot say we, we we take the table after you <laughs> <laughs> they literally take it home so like <laughs> i think you table. make a very good point I, and i think maybe where the fans can come in as well is support more ethnically uh, sorry not ethnic well obviously when i say ethically sorry so ethically produced kind of music right what does that mean so if you see an artist that you like that is producing a sound and is engaging with the Nigerian public, push that guy or woman, like support yes, them. No. For example, there's a Ghanaian artist. Is it I can't I've forgotten her name? Is it is it G-Y-A-K-I-E or something? When they told me she was Nigerian um, Ghanaian, I couldn't believe it. Because the way Nigerians were supporting was it Amare? I can't remember now. Like, oh Amare, I think Amare. Is it Amare? Is it Amare? Yeah. And they were like, Amore is Ghanaian. I couldn't believe it. Because Nigerians carry her on their head. Wait now, but but Dan, I'll, I'll push you again here. And I'll suggest that like for, for the average Nigerian artist, oh. the dream is the dream is to blow. It's to blow and blow past Nigeria. And blow past because like, what, like, there's a limit to what Nigeria can do for you. Oh, la la, day, Ashake. Listen, Ashake yeah, no. was grinding for years, boy. Ashake even made Palazzo. I heard, oh yeah, side sidebar. Mm-hmm. I heard this mm-hmm. version of Palazzo which has no Ama piano in it. Oh. Yeah, and it did sound, it sounded pretty good. It sounded pretty no, but, no, but, but, but are you speaking about, like, Ama piano? Like, but again, know? this is an example. Using that song, right, the whole international aspect and the international... Ama piano is, like, it's the beats now, like... Yeah. He changed that Palazzo song around. You know, got DJ Spinner, obviously. Shout out to DJ Spinner, great producer. Mm. But then, obviously, they just internationalized that song. They... They kind of commercialized it for the times, right? Yeah. And it's a different song. It's a different sound. Palazzo is a banger, don't get me wrong. But, it's no, just but an these guys, these guys have also, they've also gone through like a bit of like an evolution where there was a time, like in the early stages of this international, this thing where um, the sound was suffering because, you know, the band kind of started this thing, Oliver Twist is a horrible song, <laughs> even though in my opinion... <laughs> Even though, even though, like it was a major this thing, there was a time where, yeah, like, yeah. we but you talk about global expansion, 
you need no, no, some where, of those songs to become hits to do that. No, no, where yeah. what, 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 what I'm getting at is that like there was a time where these the quality suffered, they, yeah. the sound was suffering because yeah. they were trying too hard to adjust to kind of like you know meets uh-huh. um meets like the demands of our international. Half audience. them meet us halfway, and this is why I'll shout out to Ed Sheeran, legend. He's also he's done another song now with Burner. I kind yeah. of heard I heard it, he played it at Wembley actually, both Burner. And this is the thing like bringing people like all these collaborations. That's another thing we need to mention. These international collaborations, and you know, people don't give my guy flowers, but David Doe was one of the first to do that. You know, even when he did it with Nick Mill, it wasn't brilliant, it wasn't his best work. But those kind of collaboration, obviously, with Breezy, you know, um, and obviously, Whiskey has done a lot of stuff as well. Burner, of yeah. course, um, Olami Day, you like Fireboy with Ed Sheeran again, so. That does, you know, have an impact on on that wider. Yeah, I mean, reach. it's also it's also things like it's also things like like TikTok, for example. So oh, like yeah, CK, sure. so like so like CK, for example, you know that love um once in uh, <laughs> uh, 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 that that sound essentially blew up on 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 TikTok, and I think if, even if CK doesn't make another song for you know the next few years, he might be he might be okay. And he probably will taper out, but but he's reached like a level of of Listen, I saw like... him playing in France, was it in Paris? Um, I saw him playing, and obviously that song, like you say, is like a cultural phenomenon. And yeah, it's a cultural phenomenon because it's 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 it, it crosses borders essentially, and yeah. and and people are people have kind of gotten people have kind of gotten um in, yeah. in, in a I, I think... and become part of their everyday life. As we wrap up, we mustn't forget one last thing though. We must, as we're praising Afrobeats and we're talking about the merits and we're being. You know, we're talking about the global reach, blah, blah, blah. We must also address the performances. Um, mm. ah, that's I, true. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wow. um, there's, yeah, a viral no. TikTok, there's a viral TikTok going around um, and a lady went to Afro Nation in Portugal, which is going on right now. Afro Nation is a festival, um, beach area, resort, whatever. And most of the acts, about 50% are of Nigerian extraction. Now, she criticized some artists we won't name for basically miming along to back so if, we should, if, if we should stop doing karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Asking people to perform. Now, it can't, it can't just be there. Say, everybody, jump, jump. Live performance is hard. Like, let, let's, don't get it twisted. You know, dancing and singing, jumping and singing, even standing still and singing is hard, right? And I think the challenge sometimes doesn't apply to everybody is that some of these guys, their singing is challenged. Like, yeah, there's no, a lot of tuning sure. that goes on in the studio before you hear For it, sure. right? For sure. Um, one person that has no such talent is One Day Cole. Shout out to Black Diamond. Um, I remember when I listened to that One Day Cole, I went to his concert in 2019. Absolutely amazing. This, this entire set, this entire setup was just so Dan could tell you that he loved nah, nah, One Day Cole. That, that, that's what we went to. Listen, One Day Cole doesn't get his props. He doesn't get his props. Go listen to Gentility if you haven't. Actually, that's not my Peter's song, but you know. Not my not but, my favorite, not my favorite song. Um no, but like, yeah, you're definitely performing is not easy. Performing is, a, is an entire like you know sub-genre of like music and artistry that like so the point being that you guys that are doing this Afrobeat stuff, it's not enough. No, it's not enough to just to just make your, your sound and make your jam. You need to be able to, you know, give us energy when you when you perform on, on stage. We like your song in our earphones. We want to hear it. Want to hear you bringing it to life. Obviously, not everybody can be like Burner Boy. We know oh, everybody can be like Burner Boy. Not everybody can be like Burner Boy. Um, but like Alice, what, Alice what was that pause about? That, that, that was hater, a pause man. of a that was a pause of, of disregard. I'm not even I'm not even regarding I'm not even regarding the video. <laughs> my at all. my suggestion is, guys, every Afrobeat artist should have a live band. Like it just makes you sound better. I don't want to be hearing all this iRocking TV, um, Spotify playlist when the DJ is playing your track. Get yeah. a live band, practice, do some breathing exercises, you know, you know, go my for a swim, go for a run, learn how to control my, my guys your... Are breathing exercise. Learn how to control your breath when you're performing. Give eye contact. If you need to move, move. You can't move. Get backup dancers who will dance behind you. Get a yeah. sol- get yourself a Christina Matovi if you can. Um, Burner Boys back up. I doubt you can of someone of that quality, but if you can get somebody, get somebody who can help you with your harmonies and your no, melodies. That's what I'm saying. And everybody is, everybody is like Burner Boy because Burner right, Boy can. Right. Burner no, Burner Boy can actually sing. A lot of these artists, what they're responsible for, they're responsible for the melody. 
you're responsible for the vibe for the sound that you're producing yeah. but but the sound the sound you hear is not the actual voice it's produced it's engineered essentially so if you take off the production unless they unless there's like a there's like yeah. a lip syncing thing going on if you hear the actual voice you won't like it so like some some, some of them are like a bit allegedly of a, allegedly he's building himself a hole um i think we should touch so two things we should take out of here is the whole um, we're going to do case studies on inflation and fiscal policy and approaches to that. And also, we're going to talk about music production. No, is it highly regarded days, enough? One of these days, we'll settle, we'll settle because there's like this... That, you know, you brought up David Doe into, set, into a conversation, conversation about Burner Boy. So one of, one of these days, we'll table this, this David Doe, Burner Boy, Whiskey Matter, essentially. Oh, goodness. And, 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 and come up with like a definitive um, theory of the case. But in the meantime, it's, it's been fun. Though. All right. You guys enjoy this then. Thank you very much for listening to episode 15, 16, of the How We See Things podcast. We trust you've enjoyed it. Please do share, like, and comment on all social media platforms. And I've been Dan Stark. And stay my next. And see you guys next week. Ciao. Bye. Why do you?